Hello and welcome to bonus episode number five of the Ed Fringe Extras, where we speak to the acts who are actually up at the fringe doing their thing at the moment to learn about their shows. Um, obviously, give you some amazing recommendations of things that you can go and see as well. And yeah, just to discuss the art, really, to look at different ways of putting on a show, different ideas, concepts of building an hour at Edinburgh. Um, and yeah, we've got three fantastic people on for you today. I'm not going to go on for too long, believe it or not, at the start. We have got the amazing Jay Bennett and her character, Yasmin Day, leading us in an 80s pop sensation. I'll describe it as that for now. Jay will tell us all about it. We've got Susie McCabe, who is a powerhouse of a stand-up comedian on an amazing upward curve at the moment and she's selling out and getting amazing reviews again she is just like a masterclass. She's, she's amazing one of the best and then we have got tom mayhew whose show i tom mayhew plays around i guess the initial concept of the brilliant film i daniel blake which starred dave johns who we had on a couple of days ago uh, go back and listen to that if you haven't yet uh, but all from his point of view of like the benefit system and growing up and not having money and yeah touching on some really important social stuff but funny as hell as well and just wait until you hear about the reviews that that young guy's got coming through it's yeah it's amazing it's heartwarming it really is so that's all i'm going to say for now let's get into it let's get into letting these people talk about their shows they can tell us all about it much better than i can and uh, just in the meantime though please do like follow subscribe share um at pullback reveal on all your social media do it while you're listening just go on find us give us a like follow share this bish bash bosh job done um oh god i cut my geezer almost uh <laughs> let's get on with it let's go over to jay bennett and her character which is herself but telling us about her character and her show uh, yasmin day thank you very much You're up in Edinburgh, obviously. You've got your, your show up there, and we'll, we'll get around to talking about that in a in a moment. Have you been up there right from the start? Were you like an end of July that you started doing shows from? Oh, my God, yeah. From? Yeah, so my show's um, on at the Pleasant, so they start the earliest, I think. So it was like the 31st of July, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> so they start doing previews from then, and then I'm there until, yeah, right at the end. So got the whole you. hog. Yeah, really, really doing the whole proper, oh. proper thing. Then, where where are you based? Yeah, where are you based out of normally? Uh, London. Yeah, okay. so I live in North London. Uh, I live with other comedians, which is always fun. Oh god. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we're basically all up here. So. But yeah, no, it's 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 fun. But yeah, so I normally live in London, but uh, it's nice to come up, come up north. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, of course it is. And have you done Edinburgh before? Yeah, I used to, this is my first solo show, but I used to be in a sketch act. Um, we were called Next Best Thing, and it was, uh, she, I mean, she's still my very good friend, so we were best friends, and we did um, three Edinburgh's, I think. We did two at the Free Fringe, one at Pleasance a couple of years ago, and we used to do loads of sort of youtube bits and things like that, and uh, we sort of like branched out and started doing solo stuff, and it's kind of built from there, really. But yeah, uh, that's, used, that's, to, used, to, used to the sort of Edinburgh wheel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that was pretty cool then, getting on to, to be on at the Pleasants after doing the free yeah. trip for a couple of years. Yeah, it's, uh, we sort of had to, it's one of those things where you just sort of have to 
fight for it quite hard. Um, it's quite a lot of, you know, emails and uh, all sorts of things. But it was, you know, it was really, yeah, it was an amazing thing to for that to happen because normally that doesn't happen. Obviously. So it's right. it's quite cool to be in in a venue like this, and and obviously it meant that I could come back here for my solo show, which uh, obviously is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. So, I mean, look, let, let's get on to that. Let's not leave that too late in the, the conversation. So, yeah, tell us about your, your solo show up there this year. Um, so it's called An Audience with Yasmin Day. Sorry, I'm actually in the courtyard right now. So I'm trying to find a quiet right. spot. I'm here. <laughs> oh, here this we are. Is, this is, no, this is good. This is the, I'm the, just trying. The, it's the real the experience nature. for us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's called an audience with Yasmin Day. It's a, um, it's a character comedy show. Uh, it does kind of have music. It's, it's kind of musical comedy as well. It's sort of straddles character comedy, musical comedy. And it's, it's basically about a failed, um, eighties singer who tries to kind of revive her career by putting on this concert. And obviously she's really deluded and she thinks she's just like a pub singer from Dorking and she thinks she's <laughs> like Bonnie Tyler basically. And so it's like, it's really um, silly. The show's very, very silly. It's got a couple of like 80s songs in it, uh, which are kind of like guest parodied and then a couple of my own and she's got anecdotes and stuff. I've got backing dancers. It's really silly. Like it's a proper like show. <laughs> oh, it sounds amazing. Um, yeah. And I've got to say, like your your posters and, and photos and, and stuff like that online make it look like it looks proper like eighties. It it oh, you know, yeah. it, it looks amazing. Yeah. You, you look yeah. exactly like because I, I was born in seventy six, so you look exactly like, you know, the the stars of the time that, you know, all the the young teenage <laughs> yeah. boys were like infatuated with and that it's like it looks amazing yeah. it's fantastic that's what i was yeah that's what i was trying to achieve I, the guy that photographed uh me like this is like a few years ago and i was sort of getting into the character he was so good at it he's got adrian taos and he was just i was like i want 80s and he just sort of knew exactly what to do and uh, i've just used those photos ever since he's really good and the guy that designed my uh, posters as well he's also part of my production company and it was just yeah it was just getting that aesthetic like pitch perfect um and it's really fun to like work from that brief because it's just so silly um yeah. so like much something, something you can yeah. really really play with and just go i guess there's no there's no boundaries on doing something like this then is there to kind of uh, other than budget and yeah reality yeah. of doing certain <laughs> yeah. things but other you know in terms yeah, yeah in terms yeah, of yeah. the material and everything else it's sort oh, of like yeah. and you can like build her backstory because like it was all i think this show, i had a, i got a really good um uh he's called matt uh piova and he directed like jade adams and mr swallow and he sort of really helped flesh out her backstory which was like all quite 80 specific i guess um really specific anecdotes and, and so it was really fun to like build that world of like where she was in the 80s and who she hung out with and, and what her failures are it was just it's just really fun to create those sorts of things that's why i really like character comedy but sort of prefer it really because it's just you're just building someone's world and it's yeah. just it can, and you can make it as absurd and as silly as you like so it's yeah always of course so, yeah and I guess that's where kind of your, your single sort of traditional more stand-up single guy or girl on stage not, not saying there's not some absolutely amazing mind-blowing shows <laughs> yeah, out there yeah. of course there is but yeah this just sort of for that fantastical element then yeah it, it yeah. sounds like it and that's a really good thing because like I'm 
sort of have a vested interest in comedy and everything as well and loads of comedians listen and it's it's quite nice to sort of come up with an idea where yeah where you're not constrained it might yeah, yeah it's must yeah, be fun it's not just my point of view like or at all like you know um again yeah like it's not like i don't like or appreciate stand up but i just i just like that freedom of being like Ooh, who's this character <laughs> and uh, it was just really funny to like help uh, to build her story and it, it just that was the most fun part of the show which was like just writing those bits yeah what so, where did the idea come from because you mentioned like a, it was a couple of years ago like you were getting pictures yeah. taken or something to start with so yeah I um it was by accident I'd started doing um like solo stuff and I was doing a singer I was like playing like I think it was a jazz singer or something and uh same sort of like point of view and it wasn't quite landing and then but I wanted to do like a jazz a singer of some sort some sort of delusional singer because I am a singer so I thought it'd be fun to kind of <laughs> and then um I I did an 80s themed comedy night and I had to do an 80s character and so I was like oh I'll just make her a power ballad singer and so I just changed her um her like gen, you know where she was from and then it sort of it went really well and I was like something like oh god I think this is gonna work so I just it, it just sort of, sort of started to come about from that and then uh I started doing lots of cabaret nights because it, it sort of borders on that cabaret uh vibe and it just I just kept getting booked for stuff and that kind of like it sort of spiraled I didn't genuinely didn't anticipate to have a show of her at all yeah yeah <laughs> it really was like a complete like oh this is it was like a nice sort of happy happy accident really where it just kind of started to do well on the circuit which is like the nicest way of it happening really <laughs> yeah so sort of quite organic isn't it but then yeah like that wonderful feeling of uh do you know what i might just have come up with something good <laughs> which yeah, is like what, really, what we're all chasing yeah it was really like yeah, I think I just didn't have any expectations. I think that was the main thing of like making something that was fun because like there was no expectation of it doing well. But I didn't have anything being like, this has got to work. Like it just didn't, I didn't have that thought. So that's, I think, why it became so much fun because, uh, yeah, I didn't think it was going <laughs> to, anything was going to come of it really. Yeah, so, so uh, what what's reaction been like up there? You know, what the what have the gigs been like for you? Good. They, um, I mean, again, like mix like Edinburgh is all the time. Uh, yeah. I had a lovely audience last night because I'm sort of an unknown and like still waiting for some blooming reviews to come out. Um, it it's sort of like you get a mixture of audiences that don't quite know what to expect, um, and some people are completely like pleasantly surprised. Um, and I've had really really good crowds, but some people because I'm on at half ten, some people are wasted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I've had some real drunkards in. Had to chuck out a group of women the other day because they kept asking where the loo was halfway through. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, quite enough. Because I guess like pre Edinburgh, you'd be thinking like half ten sounds nice. That's like night. That's like comedy club time yeah, of night. Yeah, that's going out time of night. It. yeah but you forget that people are in the courtyard and they're getting absolutely trolleyed and then they're like oh show about an 80s singer great and then they think they can sing along and when really it's like a character show i mean it's <laughs> not like that whole crowd like that but you definitely get like three or four that are absolutely like that every show without fail i've done like what like nine shows now and every single show there's been 
three of those people. Um, one woman wore sunglasses the entire show. <laughs> that's that's, she a, so that's annoying. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just hilarious. I mean, most people are lovely, but like you just it's just it's just the part and parcel of having a show on at that time. Yeah, and I guess that's what, is that where then like the hope is that the reviews will help because that sort of gets your tickets yeah, then snapped up by out. people that are sort of specifically coming for it. Yeah, exactly. It filters it out a little bit more, but it's one of those things where like some people get reviews in really early and some day and mine have just been a bit later, which is quite annoying. But, you know, I've had a few in, so hopefully they'll be, but you don't know if they're going to be good. So hopefully, um, hopefully they'll be fine. But yeah, so you, you just sort of hope that the, I mean, I don't know how many people read reviews anyway, but you just sort of hope that it filters out some audiences. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, right. it, it's it's difficult, isn't it, up there? Because there's so much going on and it's kind of everyone's shouting as loud as they can. Exactly. Like, you know, like, look at me, look at me. So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's tricky. But no, 100% genuinely, like, it, looking at your artwork for stuff and, like, hearing you talk about it and everything as well, it it sounds like something really different and really fun. So it might just be one of those runs, you know, where it will sort of slowly. Know, end, yeah. End of week two and word starts to get around and that kind of thing, you know, of like building up and that that's not a bad thing. You know, I think sometimes shows can almost yeah, definitely. Hit, the, yeah. hit the ground too early. And I think the ones that like yeah. grow and there's even some of the, you know, big names that are like that this year who are still sort of saying, Ooh, not quite happy either with the show itself yet or with the audiences yeah, yet and stuff like that true. yeah I've had a lot of that actually a lot of people are sort of um uh, not complaining but they're just sort of saying like they just don't quite feel like they're in the groove um and it's quite nice it's, it's quite interesting to have those because it's so hard Edinburgh with like everybody going oh my god look I'm doing so well and look at all these things that are happening and I think it's also really important to have those conversations that are like I've had a really bad gig tonight or yeah uh, the audiences weren't so great because otherwise you just end up going mad because you just think everybody's doing great and you're the only one that's struggling <laughs> so well, yeah it's I mean to, to sort of to... yeah to, to ground it all there'll probably be 10 12 maximum like five star reviews that will be going around like genuine ones you know Absolutely. there's never that many yeah. there's never that many of them so there's such a small pocket of people who are sort of deemed to be at that that level and it, it and it doesn't need to be the finished project i think people going up there put so no, much pressure put yeah. so much pressure on themselves these days to be like from mm. day one it has to be a five-star show and it's like no it doesn't it's not about that absolutely and like you know i, I mean in the old days i guess the the point of edinburgh was to basically come up with some with nothing and then by the end of the three four weeks or whatever you have a product but nowadays it has this sort of strange almost like corporate vibe of like it being like you must have a show and it must be west end ready or this sort of idea and it's and then, then there's no sort of fun in like uh developing something i guess yeah definitely but, but no it, it sounds like you've got completely the right attitude of, about it and uh, you know yeah. i'm more than more than sure that sort of comes across in the the actual show itself have you got uh, kind of fun. any kind of future plans and, and stuff for it as well or is it um, just like you're you're having fun with it at the moment I'm just having fun with it really like I just don't know like I I mean I'm being produced by Objectively Funny who are amazing and they are just such a good production team and, and they're doing a festival in September so I'll take the show there and I just keep I like to keep doing this character she's so fun um I've just I just get, have so much fun doing the show it's it's very playful and it's sort of I'm sort of in the 
frame now of just being like just have fun every day like it's a great opportunity to be here to be performing it's like not everyone gets to do it so it's just enjoying that because so many people just forget that it's like so great that some you can go up and just perform every your own show every day um so and it's such a stupid show it's just really hard not to get into it because it's (laughs) I've got like really amazing I've got these two backing dancers who are they're also comedians and they're just fantastic and they're really fun so it's like a really nice team so it's just everybody's nice so you can't really complain nobody's being horrible to each other it's like it's just super fun give it it time jake oh don't i know i I say this like a weekend like it's so amazing oh we love each other we're getting on so well yeah Yeah, and we'll talk a week later and you'll be like yeah and i'll be like actually (laughs) turned in turned into a (laughs) massive turned into a massive diva fired everyone I um, will be refusing out. to come out your like, dressing room. Oh my really god, got... I feel like I'm turning into my character sometimes. <laughs> I'm not her, like as an older woman. That's part of like my worry. <laughs> no, she's she's fun. But yeah, no, I yeah, it's it it has been like really fun. Although I've got to find some more AC's clothes because I'm running out of dresses because she has all these ridiculous costumes in the show. So it's I've got to try and scour Edinburgh to find some absurd 80s clothes get, get around those those charity shops and if if not yeah, you might have, might have to jump on a train to glasgow or something and uh yeah we're yeah, uh, be nice probably... actually take a trip out of edinburgh well yeah i was just speaking to susie mccabe and she lives in glasgow and she's commuting every day so she goes home to her own bed every night and she's oh my god that's and perfect she's, and she's just bought a new mattress so oh she's, my it, god. she's in she's like brilliant. seventh heaven at the moment yeah, you. I think. Uh, yeah, like because it's not that far, I guess Glasgow. So it's no. When uh, like under an hour on a train, easy, easy. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm very lucky. Actually, I know I've heard some like horror stories about flats, but um, I've I'm very lucky with the flat this year. But I know that it's been a bit of a nightmare for most people, as it is every year. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, that's the old. Uh, yeah, th- that conversation about the the costings and people Millions yeah, taking. Oh. God, yeah, out alone just to get a just to get a flat it's um it's insane it is a bit mate but look your 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 show does sound like fantastic and so much fun and that really comes across oh, and I've, I've been like keeping an eye on your social media and stuff like that and my 13 year old self has fallen in love with the character as well because it's just oh. like f- flashback <laughs> of like the, yeah. the art the artwork and stuff was like properly like that is oh, like you've nailed it it's like absolutely spot on it looks brilliant um oh, I'm and, so glad. that's what i wanted you know <laughs> yeah bob on that so look we'll um we need you to tell us again tell us where the show is when it is and and, and give us yes. the, the sell of it so it's 10 30 p.m pleasant's courtyard bunker two it's not on on the 13th or the 20th but i'm on until the 25th come it's a fun late night sort of cabaret vibe it'll be really fun so please come and don't be too drunk <laughs> <laughs> breathalyzer at the door from this point yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome thank you so much for your time i really appreciate oh, it I, I, don't worry I, i'm sure it's gonna grow and grow and grow and uh yes, stay in touch and we'll we'll yeah, maybe definitely. we'll talk again at the end and sort of get the overview of how it's been that'd be really interesting oh fab yeah we'll definitely do that speak to you soon then awesome all the best have a great show tonight Thanks, bye. So, yep, absolutely brilliant stuff there 
from Jay Bennett. Thank you very much for that. And Yasmin Day is a character, an audience with Yasmin Day is the show. I can't recommend it enough. It sounds absolutely brilliant. Something a bit different. And a, a, yeah, as we said during the, the chat there, a real show experience. Now, let's move on without further ado. And next up is the absolutely amazing stand-up that is Susie McCabe. So I am joined now by Susie McCabe. How are you, Susie? I'm good. I'm good, thank you. Yep, I'm good. Fantastic. And in our sort of uh, preamble there, we're chatting about how you're, uh, you've removed yourself just a tiny little ickle bit um, by, yeah, staying at home in, in Glasgow, which is where you're from, isn't it, as well? Is that your yeah. hometown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born and bred. Uh, born and bred. I, yeah, it's, it's a good city. I love Glasgow. I am very much more Glaswegian than I am Edinburgh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so it's nice. It's nice to come home. And you know what? We get a new mattress the other month. So I was like, oh, I'm not giving up that luxury. (laughs) No, they are one of the, the, I say simple pleasures in life. You buy, uh, there's probably stats on it, isn't there? How often you actually get around to buying a new mattress in life. And I don't know why we don't do it more i'm not suggesting like once a month or something like that but you're right what an absolute bloody treat that is Uh, it's a joy joy. (laughs) rip off that plastic for the first time and oh oh, i'm tempted i'm tempted to come up susie it's uh, (laughs) just have a snooze (laughs) oh mate don't do this to me i'm (laughs) i've got a a four-year-old and a four-month-old so i'm uh Oh, God, I would actually drive to Glasgow for a little night down. Yeah, just for a night's sleep. Just for oh. a night's of uninterrupted sleep. Yep. Exactly, mate. Oh, right. There's going to be a knock on your door later. Get ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> but look, is this second week for you? Did you start right at the start or even end of July were you gigging? Yeah, 31st, yeah. Uh, 31st of July I started. So I am nine days in. Okay, cool. And how how have those nine days been? How's the show going? Do you know, the show is going great, Guns. The sales have been amazing. I've pretty much had a sold-out room for seven of those nights. Uh, awesome. The first two nights, I was sitting like 10 and 12 off a sellout, so I, I can't complain at all. And then uh, from last weekend, it's just been sold out, sold out, you know, every day. Every day at lunchtime, I say, how's my sales looking? And I get the number back, I'm sold out. And I'm like, okay. So that's been great because that takes the pressure off of sales. Yeah. And the show itself has just, it's been great fun. Really good fun. Really good audiences. uh, Really good room. And just, it's been good. It's been such an enjoyable hour. Well, well look, let's let's get the name of it out there early on. Sometimes I make the mistake if I leave it right to the end. But it's the domestic disaster show you're doing, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. So, so give us, yeah, give us the um, the blurb on it. What's what's it about? So the premise is basically, I um, I me and my wife uh, separated after sixteen years together, and I found myself living back at home with my parents. So the first kind of twenty minutes, I talk about that. Uh, and within that, I talk about, you know, how much your mum and dad loved you. But when you go back and you look at it through adult eyes, the the roles don't change. You're still the child <laughs> and they're still the parents forgetting that you're almost 40. 
So the first kind of 20 minutes is, is dealing with that and me kind of trying to branch out of the world of dating because dating has very much changed since the last time I was single uh, and some of those disasters. And within that, I kind of talk about internalised misogyny in the family and, and okay. mothers, mothers and women's and grands and, and how they treat younger women in the family. And then the kind of second section... Uh, I talk about meeting someone new and, and being in a new relationship and how that's very different to when you go into a relationship in your late teens, early 20s, because you're now in your 30s and you're very much set in, their, in your way and they're set in their ways. Um, and then the the last section of the show, I kinda, in that second section, I touch about women-on-women sexism. Okay. And how I've always ever been in relationships with women where there's no there's no gender roles in that same-sex relationship, but I still experience sexism. And then the third part of the show, which is the fringy bit, I kind of talk a bit about <laughs> feminism. You've got to have a bit. you got to have a fringy yeah, bit in there. You've got to have a fringy bit. Talk a bit about feminism, and, and I look at why I've getting internalised misogyny in the family and why there's sexism. And I can talk a bit about uh, women's magazines, the Kardashians, and uh, iconic women of my time compared to iconic women of today. And I talk about that. And actually, through the show, I kind of say to guys all the way through the show, guys, this is not you. This yeah. is women doing this. This is women doing this. And, and I think, and I do talk about being very lucky in the sense that I've, I've always worked in male-dominated environments. Uh, I used to be an electrician, used to be a manager of a gay bar, and now I'm a stand-up. But how I've not really... 95% of the sexism in my life has came from women. That's really and interesting. Do, do you it, think that's, really that's, that's come from being gay? Do you think that's where it comes from? No, no. I think uh, internalised misogyny is something that matriarchal women do within families in all cultures. Right. Um, I think it's very much a thing. I think it's also just it's a societal thing, and it it stems from women. And I I examine that as well about how my dad's attitude to me is completely different from my mother's attitude to me, and my dad doesn't differentiate between his son and his daughter with regards to what they can and cannot do in life. But my right. mum does. And I think that's that's a, a societal thing. In all cultures, Western culture or whatever, it doesn't matter. That is a societal thing. And then the the women on women sexism is something that's been around as old as time. And then the the experience I've got, and I do say, like, I have suffered sexism from guys, and I do give one example of it. But I generally talk about working with guys. And what I did get off guys was not yeah. sexism and homophobia, but it was something else. But I wouldn't give that away just now. Right. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. And I kind of hold the mirror up to women and go, oh, we can talk about patriarchy all we want, but I think we need to look inwardly as well as look outwardly and, and change fundamentally, change the way we treat each other and change the way we let society treat us. And by that, I don't mean men. I mean things like the Kardashians, women's magazines, things that basically tell women you're not good enough. 
Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, Hold, holding up these unrealistic. Yeah. Well, I, and telling you that they're role models, whether they're actually in reality they are or not. But yeah, yeah. We, and we I, constantly get told this person's a role model. This person's yeah. a spokesperson. We you hear a lot, don't you? And it's like, really, not for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I kind of raised the point where I named three iconic women, two of whom. I don't particularly like or agree with, but I respect them. And yeah. that's that's quite an important thing that I put across. And when I hit out with those women, there's some collective gasps in the room because they are not expected to who I would say. Yeah, um, yeah. As a, as a Roman Catholic working class Glaswegian lesbian, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're not, two of those women are not immediately at the top of the pile, but you have to call it out and see what they were, what they've achieved, and and, and respect them, you know? Yeah, and yeah. And I think that's quite important. So you sort of, you, your show is very much grounded in, like, true events then, true... Oh, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. yeah. I, is that very much what your stand-up's like as well? Are you a, always, a storyteller? Yeah, storyteller about my life, observations about my life, and in the world and the world that I live in and what goes on and or the world that I have lived in, you know, maybe previous experiences. But yeah, yeah, I talk very much about that. I talk it's very personal stuff. And, Which I... Yeah, I mean I yeah, that that's my sort of comedy to be honest with you. You know, I've got respect for, for all sorts, you know, that there are from the surreal to the one liners to the, you know, everything else in in between as well. But no, the yeah, to ha- to have that skill as a to take your real life and turn that into sort of like funny stuff and look we're, we're talking about really serious points here which is all cool but let's not forget your show is really fucking funny as well <laughs> I, listen honestly I, I, i'm so proud of this show right because I, i'm genuinely go every time i do it the amount of women that come up to me at the end and go you're right um you know what you are right and they shake my hand and i mean women from like 14, 15, girls, 14, 15, right up to women in their 70s, their 80s and their 90s. And men coming up to me, men in their 70s and men in their late teens coming up to me going, thanks, thanks for not giving us a kicking. Because I talk about me too and I talk about um, all these, I talk about old men in my life and I spoke to the men in my life and asked them what me too meant for them and they told me that it, it changed, not because they were, sexist or you know sexually inappropriate to women not at all it just made them question their own behavior and even though they thought they were feminists and they thought they were all for equality they actually had to look inwardly at themselves and i kind of call that out and go that's real change that's what good positive feminism brings about not toxic feminism by just saying every man's this because not every man's that yeah i i I can relate to that as a a 42 year old you know male married and and two daughters uh, as well you know and i've said this before so apologies to people listening boring as hell for them but it (laughs) you know it is like amazing how especially when you're a, a guy and you have daughters you know how immediately you're the biggest feminist that there is in the world. And I, I get yeah. way more ang- angry about stuff than my wife does. Maybe because my wife's used to that kind of societal approach yeah. and language. She's heard it all the time, whereas I've never realised it or looked at it before, have I? You know, I've kind of, yeah. you know, sort of breezed, not breezed through, you know, that makes it sound wrong. But, but you know, I've when it comes to 
the, the sexism and misogyny and that kind of thing. Obviously, I've not been the victim of that, so it's never been something that yeah. you know I've I've spotted. Whereas now I'm on like you know superhero uh, Spidey sense kind of uh, yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> no, primed and... for primed to jump on anyone who might suggest yeah. that that my girls can't do what they want to do for whatever reason. And my my point in the show is that that is wonderful because what we now have is a generation of men who not only bring up their sons to see women as equals and to fully respect them and not to overcross the line, they're bringing up their daughters to be strong-minded, independent women who can do whatever they want and they will call out any man who's misogynist or mistreats them. And that is fundamental change. And I think that's a real thing that we should all be proud of because that's that's us as a collective of being good human beings. That's that's people changing it, doing the Me Too stuff, calling it out, and all the guys getting on board and going, yes, yes, I may have been wrong. I may not have behaved correctly. I've not behaved terribly, but there was maybe times when I should have stuck up for a woman, whereas now yeah. they will. And that's 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 important. And I think that's in guys like yourself who are now dads and, and in the future will become granddads and all that that's that's where that change is coming and that's great you know and I and I, and I bring that out in the show I actually say those words in the show and this makes the show sound really serious it's honestly <laughs> not it's an absolute, sorry I, I, no, that's no, no, my no, fault I've no, turned it that way no 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 not, not <laughs> at all not at all but yeah it is there is that element of the, the second section but you know the, the first two sections and the, and the third section you know, they are littered with funnies. You know, there's yeah. loads of funnies there just just to enjoy and laugh, you know. Well, well, and that's the marvellous thing about Edinburgh, isn't it? Is that you can go out there and you can... There's shows about everything you can think of and then just as many about stuff that you would never think of, you yeah. know, that you would never consider to be an idea for a show. But but certainly with, you know, the, the stuff that's sort of based in in reality, it's... It's great, and I must say, from all the the acts that I've been speaking to and keeping up on the like, you know, the reviews that are coming through, and I've I've seen that you've smashed it with uh, like some four star reviews coming your way as well for for this show, which is like amazing. So, yeah, yeah good on I you was, for that, mate. But I was it's um, bits as well because it came from Chortle, and they're uh, not the easiest, are they? And Fest, so that's. It's a bit like getting a golden buzzer in Britain's Get Talent. <laughs> it's like, what? This never happened. So, yeah, I was uh, really, really chuffed. Really chuffed, yeah. Yeah, as, as we say in this game, it's uh, well, normally you're talking about a, a three star that reads like a four star, but your four star review is like reading like a five star as well. Uh, so, but you know you. that, but you know the chances of getting that from uh. From uh, the 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 chortle bunch, are, um, yeah, oh. that's, <laughs> a four yeah. star is a that's that's it. That is your golden buzzer, as you said. Yeah. That's bloody yeah. amazing. That's it. And you take it, you take it, and it was such a good review, and I was just really chuffed. And I kind of felt that the reviewer, if he had been a punter and paid to see my show, he would have left that show going, I had a really good ever and I laughed a lot. And that's yeah. all you ever want. That's all you ever want is punters to go. That hour was really quick. I really enjoyed it, and I laughed a lot. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I like that that quick comment that you made. Jo um, Caulfield I was speaking to yesterday, and she made a, a really good statement. I don't know, maybe this is a new way to review shows, but she basically said when she goes to see something, she rates it by how long into the, a show she looks at her watch. 
Yes. So you could give shows a, a, a watch score yes. of like this this show rated twenty minutes. This show was yes. fifty minutes yeah. until I thought like you know, for whatever reason it is, of either you know, sometimes you're looking at you go in, Oh, I hope there's still bloody ages to go and it's normally those ones. You're like, Oh shit, it's coming yeah. to the end because you yeah. know all these shows are an hour, so you're always like Oh no, there's only five minutes of, of this one left. Uh, yeah, that, and that's it. And also, as an act, if you see someone look at your watch, you kind of go, look at their watch, you go, oh, they're hating this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, they hate this. Oh no, they really want to uh, it's, see a show about. It's too tempting to call it out as well, isn't it? Going, yeah. do you need to be somewhere? What's, yeah. you, what's right with you? You got yeah. a problem. <laughs> totally, totally. And then, obviously, as well, it's Edinburgh, so people are thinking. My next show starts at 9.20, you know, so I'm a bit and it's the other side of town, so I really need to get out of here sharp to... Yeah, they're not to, being horrible at all, but you're that's like it, two-footed challenge coming in. Then. Yeah, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, look, Susie, I'm I'm definitely going to have to get you back onto like um, the, hate to call it the main show, you know, but it would be fascinating to, to get you back on and sort of have a nice long chat about how you started and you know all your motivations and everything in comedy we'll, we'll set that up at some point um Defo, but yeah, yeah that that'd be awesome man because um yeah i've been watching the clips of you online for my sins i've never seen you live myself so i do apologize for that but uh, no that the, the stuff that i'm reading about you and and this show and look we, we could have been talking about you've been over in adelaide haven't you and you've got your king's theater glasgow gig yeah, yeah, that's yeah, gonna it's all whiz round. So yeah, it's all happening for you, mate. So, um, and obviously brilliant reviews. So everyone listening, um, it's not just taking our word for it. It's um, some pretty tough reviewers to impress out there uh, are going along and absolutely loving the show. Do you want to give us the um, the pitch again, where it is and when it is, and we'll, yeah. we'll we'll get some bums on seats. The show is called Domestic Disaster, and it is at Assembly at George Square Gardens. I am in the box. Come down. It's it's a great room and it's a great hour and we will just have fun and we will laugh. It doesn't matter if you're 70 or 14. You you will relate to this show in one way or another. So just come down and have a laugh. Just put your feet up, have a laugh. We'll have a good hour and, you know, you'll enjoy it, hopefully. I love it. Love it. Thank you so much for your time today, Susie. Good you luck too, with Kate. you. I hope I the rain hold, holds off. I enjoy your trip over to uh, Edinburgh and uh, yeah, smash your next one as well. Speak to you soon. Thanks, mate. Cheers, buddy. Oh, brilliant stuff there from Susie. Thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, what an interesting lady, hey? Really great stuff. You can tell the show's funny, but I like that bit of grit to it, that bit of realism, that bit of the extra layers as well to get through on stuff. You know, it's a, yeah, a real meaty hour said anything like that before i do apologize susie anyway next up and the final one this episode um yeah get ready for this i am chuffed to, i talk too much in this can you believe it in this one I, I wish i'd have shut up a little bit more i apologize uh, but just because i'm genuinely delighted for this young guy tom mayhew and what he's achieving up in edinburgh in his first nine days fucking amazing get ready for tom mayhew Okay, so I am joined now by Tom Mayhew. Hello, Tom. Hello, how are you? I'm really well, thank you. I've just, I've, there's, 
there's no I always let people peek behind the curtain we we had a technical issue so we started the recording again so it always makes me laugh when I do have to do that and then it's like hello how how are you today I'm all right it's like you asked me this a minute ago you it, what's your memory like, you idiot? Uh, but yeah, no, it's, we... it's, it's lovely to speak to you for the first time, mate. <laughs> yeah, at, at least luckily it wasn't like we were talking for an hour and then it went tits up. It was just a, a minute or so in. Um, so, yeah, for those eagle... I was going to say eyed, but it's a podcast. For those eagle-eared <laughs> listeners... Do eagles do it... have ears? <laughs> well, they must have holes. <laughs> to those eagle holes, yeah, all right. Or owl ear for those owl eared listeners. Owls are good at listening, aren't they? <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, let's yeah. go with that. For the owl, oh, it's really difficult to say. Um, for people that have been listening to the podcast, there you go, people. Um, why don't I think of that? Um, <laughs> you may have picked up on Tom, who was kind enough to sort of submit a two, three minute little pitch, a horrible thing that I asked loads and loads of acts to to do to sort of give their show a little plug. Um, and yeah, I've been following him on sort of Twitter since then and keeping an eye on what he's been up to. And it, and it looks like the, the show's been going pretty well for you, Tom. Not that I'm going to claim all the credit, obviously, from the, uh, the two-minute plug that you did on my show. Well, you can have a bit of the credit, mate. You know, <laughs> this, is, this is, you know, I'm a socialist, so we should spread it around. You know, you get a bit of the credit. If I, if I win the uh, 10 grand Edinburgh Prize, I'll give you like a tenner or something, you know. <laughs> I would actually hold you to that at this moment in time. So that All is, right, uh, well, it's, it's yeah. unlikely to happen, but there we go. <laughs> and how many people have you promised this tenor to? Although it's nice, you're a socialist, you won't care, as you said. So, um... <laughs> just, you, just you so far, mate, at the moment. Oh, oh good, there you go. Um, so, obviously, you've got a, a show up there. Let's get the show name out there, and then we can continue our chat from that point. Yes, the show is called I, Tom Mayhew, and it's about my experience of being on benefits and growing up working class and it's kind of fighting against the the stigmatization and the the demonization of those things like I Tom Mayhew is obviously it's, it's a uh, it's taken from I Daniel Blake so it kind of it covers similar ground but I just have like hundreds of one-liners in there as well yeah I mean it's a, it's a really strong title because it's a play on something else and that helps and I guess then that kind of helps with the sort of get technical on it for a minute with the imagery and and all those other kind of bits you know that you can 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 attach to it as well but I, I think it does help people identify a bit with a show as well you know when it's something like that and without disrespect you know for an act like yourself which you're still very much on your journey aren't you your progression of yeah. rising rising through the ranks kind of thing yeah 100 i it was just last year when i was thinking how can i do a show about being on benefits and growing up with not much money at a middle class arts festival and then I just thought oh shit of course yeah it just kind of hit me can I swear on this is that right oh yeah good fucking go for it mate <laughs> cheers man but yeah it was real sort of a like a you know eureka moment I was like oh god of course yeah I'll do that and uh, people know straight away when they look at the post they know what it's about which is I think that's what you want if someone doesn't recognize your name you want them to recognize the concept yeah, good, good, really, really good point, actually, because, um, yeah, there's some fantastic artwork and stuff out there, but no, hit, hit the nail on the head then. If you're not a big name or the, the face, what I don't know, there's probably been some science. There should be some science done, shouldn't there, into what people spot on a poster, you know, what's the important thing to do? And it's probably just, yeah, something catchy. And like you said, if uh, 
if people can sort of 50% think they might know what your show's about, then it probably helps with getting the right sort of audience as well. How have the, um, the audiences been for you so far? They've been lovely. They've been really, really nice. It's like some, I mean, numbers have been very much up and down, but I think that is, that's Edinburgh generally. But they've always been really nice, really friendly. Like there's been somewhere I've had about 11 people and it's been some of my favourite shows I've ever done because they've just been up for it. They've got behind it and and they've related to it. Like There's been times when I do a bit in a show where I ask if anyone's been on benefits and stuff. And I think it's probably the first time that people have been asked that and then they haven't had the piss taken out of them. They've had, you know, they've had me be like, yeah, that's cool. That's absolutely fine. So it's, I think it's a nice, it's kind of tapped into some sort of niche that hasn't been done before, which, um, I mean, I don't know if it's a lucrative niche because that niche is typically working class people, but um, there we go. I'm, I'm happy to, to, to do that. Yeah. You know? You'll have to have to do one about millionaires next time. And uh, you can ask your audience who, oh, who's, got three million in the bank or <laughs> <laughs> and then just follow them around the whole time obviously yeah. the rest of the French um would be the thing to do um but yeah so obviously your show is based in like absolute reality of situations that you've been through and that your family uh going through have experienced uh, and that kind of thing as well how easy is it then for you to write the the jokes into that because y- your topic is like socially a really really important thing and probably well it's always relevant isn't it but as economy issues and current political situations sort of escalate would be my wording on it so you can immediately know where I stand on things <laughs> so I see it as a an escalation rather than a yeah a progression of it of any kind yeah but yeah the, the, these kind of conversations are probably it's another one of those topics where people are probably a bit shy or embarrassed almost to talk about things yeah it took me a a long time like you know I have spent a proper most of the last year sort of planning and thinking how I can jokes about this and it was it's really sort of interesting challenge I set myself because I kind of I ended up going okay let's take the shittest moment of your life and try and make that funny and it's got there and it is really funny and there's some really funny bits in there but it was it was tough and it it took a lot of me trying to think of like think about things and really sort of examine my experiences and be like right what's the funny angle here how can I make this funny instead of just being sad and it's it's got there with most of it which is really nice yeah because and also there's there's always that thing in comedy isn't there of most jokes tend to have a victim you know it's almost quite it's quite quite hard almost to write comedy without a butt of the joke isn't there as people say you know or like a a victim to the the premise and obviously what you don't want is and obviously what your show isn't isn't a a piss take of people on benefits you know it's quite the opposite yeah I had to I had to reach out to uh to both Ken Loach and Dave Johns when I sort of thought of the idea because I I didn't want them to think it was another example of a middle-class comedian pretending to be poor yeah, I've got you. Carry on, mate. Oh, sorry. I think someone else is trying to phone me. I'll just hold it one oh. second. <laughs> uh... It's Ken Loach. There we go. Hello? Oh, yeah. I'm still here, mate. I've just sent my girlfriend to voicemail for this interview, so there we oh, go. <laughs> God, you're, you're int- your next show will be about how you lost your girlfriend at the Edinburgh oh, no. Festival. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> That would be heartbreaking, yeah, the, wouldn't the, it? You've, uh, you'll just have to take another film poster. I don't know what um, what film you'd 
I'll, I'll work on it. I'll come up with something. Break up with her. I've got loads of ideas, Tom. Ooh, All it's right, gonna thanks, ma- mate. It's going to be massive, mate. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll work on that now, then. No, so you, yeah, you, you're saying you reached out to like Ken Loach and, and Dave Johns on, on, on things. Yeah, because I wanted them to, you know, know it wasn't someone taking the piss. It was someone who had been through very similar experiences to were shown in the film. And um, like my, my dad's uh, had to take early retirement because of ill health. So he's basically what Daniel Blake had to do in the film. So I wanted to make sure they knew that and it wasn't a middle-class person taking the piss, like uh, an, an Ali G or a Lee Nelson. Because that, that's, that's one of the sad things for me when I, when I look at like, working-class representation in comedy. Often, if you say, oh, think of a working-class comedian, people will think of an Ali G or uh, a Lee Nelson, or they'll think of characters in Little Britain or someone like that. And they're always characters who are very punching down and very living up to negative stereotypes, and it's a bit sad. Yeah, you're right, actually. It's probably difficult to... Uh, certainly in like stand-up terms to think of well actually you know I was talking to Mick Ferry um, just yesterday and it actually came up we, we, we were talking about age discrimination in, in comedy like really fun my podcast is everyone should tune it we talk about benefits age discrimination yeah. uh, sexism racism all, all sorts of topics come up uh, <laughs> really really fun light <laughs> light-hearted yeah. listen on your way to work in the morning and um but yeah, then also like class elements of, of of comedy were, you know, sort of fell into that conversation as well. And he's like a an old um, lad, you know, through and through, you know, North, North Manchester his whole life and kind of feels at times, you know, he wonders not to put words into his mouth. He said it himself, you know, uh, has it held him back at any point, you know, because he hasn't had the right accent or he's been stereotyped as, well, no, these are the sort of things you can talk about because of, you know, your working class roots and background and accent and, and, and everything else as well. I think there's definitely an element of people sort of being held back. I mean, the whole debate, I always think when people say someone's a club comic, typically a club comic will be someone who is from a working class background and who can't afford to take a show to Edinburgh every year. And so there's always this snobbishness about it, but it's just it's just classism really disguised as something else when people go, Oh, there's Edinburgh comics and there's club comics. It's like, well no, there's rich comics and there's poor comics. You may as well say that, I think. Um, yeah, it 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 is really interesting because I mean, generally I, I think the circuit it's got its faults, of course it has, you know, and and that for for years and years there's been issues for female comics, you know, of how there'd only ever be one on the bill. Um, and, and the same for black comics as well. You know, it would be, oh, we've got a, we've booked a black person now. We don't need another one of those this week. You know, exactly yeah. the same way that there'd be about women, you know, and and, and um, sorry, keep name dropping here. Um, but yeah, I won't in that instance. But but yeah, it's kind of been inherently there. But generally speaking, I think the people involved in the circuit aren't that prejudiced you know there's people like yourself obviously and so many of the comics that i speak to are are coming from a a really good place it just unfortunately seems to be the the gatekeepers as such you know the ones who the ones making the rules who seem to be making it difficult at times for you know all those different sections of society it's that it's that thing like similar to any industry really, similar to the Prime Minister, similar to all these things, you're, you're more likely to rise to the top if you're born with money. 
And then if you're born with money, you're more likely to be, you know, uh, a white man. And then if you're a rich white man, you're more likely to help other white men. And it's just this horrible sort of, you know, poison where people, the people at the top are more likely to be Ox- Oxford or Cambridge. So they're more likely to book comedians who went to Oxford or Cambridge. And it just, it's just this horrible sort of snowball effect where it means that there's very, like, there's very few, it doesn't really get talked about, but I, I imagine there's very few comedians on telly who don't have degrees or who didn't go to university or I mean even probably didn't go to private school there's probably far more likely to be privately school educated comedians on telly than not just because of that's the society we live in and that does that does bleed into comedy as well I know comedy likes to think it's very uh, left-wing and you know open access and free for all but when it when you get into the business side of it it, it isn't it's cutthroat yeah, most definitely, and it's uh, yeah, it's a scramble enough, isn't it, and hard enough to get your audiences without sort of hurdles being put in, put in your way along yeah. along along the route to doing like successful shows as well. So look, obviously, without giving too much away about Iton Mayhew, is, is there like a story arc to it? Then are we sort of like following you on a journey through the show? Yeah, there's there's a narrative. It sort of starts with me talking about when I left school when I was unemployed because it was it was in 2010 so it was just after the recession so it talks about that and then it talks about uh, my first sort of uh, my first sort of proper job but it talks about my upbringing and how my upbringing affected my sort of perception of the world and perception of myself and it uh, there is a narrative it does sort of um, go through a little bit of a, a story but um, not any I don't think it's in in a, a cliche way I don't think it's in a very um it's not like beginning, middle, end. It's it's okay. Here's some facts. Here's some jokes. Here's some facts. Here's some jokes. And here's some facts related to the facts from earlier, which are the end. It's that kind of that kind of thing. Got you. Yeah, that 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 makes sense, mate. Completely. Have you um been lucky enough or unfortunate enough? Have you had any reviewers come come past yet? Yeah, literally about an hour before this uh, podcast, I got a, a four star review from Chortle, which is very nice. Mate, fucking hell, that's like massive absolutely chuffed with that i really really am um so that's um it's that thing i've got a four-star review from chortle and i got a five-star review from uh i think it was a website called the list or not not the list sorry like ed list something like that it's uh, okay a, like a smaller website but that, at the same that website time... that website that you started last week tom i'm searching that domain name i'm gonna find do some digging on this no that oh, wow. that's cool man no there's loads of yeah Loads of I know the reviews people there, flying around. Yeah, the review was a guy called uh, Chrissy Ross, and he gave me five stars. And I was like, "Oh, that's really nice. That's really, that's really good." Like he he came up to me afterwards, and he was like, "It's the first time he'd seen, he'd been he'd been going to the Fringe for twenty years, and it was the first time he saw people talking about things that really resonated him resonated with him in such a deep way." And I was like, "Yeah, it's because most most comedians who've been on benefits probably now can't afford to come to the Fringe, and that's why." You've not you've not heard these things talked about, um, but yeah. So I've got five star from him, four star from Chortle, and uh, it's that weird thing where part of me wants no more reviews ever because you d- you don't want to be sort of knocked off that hill when you've got a good review. But we'll yeah, see what yeah, happens. Yeah, average. You're averaging four point five at the moment. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, if no one else could review it, I don't know. I can be that right. Four point five. That's fine. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. Those foot. You, you know it's going quite well when you might get a four-star review and you're going, oh, that's brought it down point, uh, <laughs> 0.17% now or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. But, um, 
it's nice. It's really nice, and, and Chortle especially, you know, that's a very established website, and so hopefully that will help with um, numbers later on in the next few weeks. But uh, we'll see. But it's yeah, it's just I'm just I'm just proud of the show. I'm proud of what I'm what I'm performing every night, and I think I think that's the main thing. That's more important than reviews to me. Just doing the show, you're proud of. Do, do you know? And and to be like really candid with you, Tom, that was. I picked that up from that two or three minutes little record you did when you were telling, you know, telling people about the show for the podcast a few weeks ago. It it just came across as really real and genuine, you know, was how it came across. And, and that obviously worked with me because I've sort of been like checking back into your social media and stuff, you know, since since that point to see what you're up to. And, and, and just hearing the way that you talk about it as well is... I mean, there's loads of refreshing stuff going on, and this is by no means a, a negative to to people that approach it in a different way. Of course not. There's a a million different ways to do things, isn't there? Especially in comedy. But yeah, yeah, the way that you sort of uh, are quite humble with it, and they're kind of trying to stay as true to the reason that you started doing the show in the first place is, yeah, it, it, it feels really refreshing, you know, and it's. I think it's engaging and I think even for people that haven't been through this situation themselves, because you very, very, very rarely hear it talked about, unless people are being demonised, like you said before, or mm. what was that horrible TV programme that was on? Benefit Street, of course, that's what it was called. Yeah. Where, you know, they're almost mock it. It's mockery in a way, isn't it? Because they're making these people into comedy characters for their predicament. You know, it's like go back and laugh at how desperate things are for them almost you know and it's no it, it's it's really refreshing and i'm buzzing for you mate i didn't yeah i didn't know about the uh the chortle one obviously that that's huge yeah it's really really nice and thank you man i really appreciate that that's very nice things you said that uh, means a lot um but yeah i just you know i i think a lot of people can get bogged down in uh, reviews and numbers and money and I mean, I get bogged down in money because I'm skint, but um, I think a lot of people can get bogged down in so many different things in Edinburgh, whereas it should just be about performing a show that you love and that you hope resonates with people. That should be what, I mean, that should be what art is. That should be the whole point. Otherwise, I don't know why you've got into this game. It should be about making something you're proud of that other people enjoy, and, and that's it. There shouldn't be anything else. No, no, you're right. I think there is... A a lot of people go for sort of like, you know, and I know yours is with serious topics as well. So I guess in a way, you know, you're within this group, but I am going to say there's nothing wrong with it, you know, of a message during their show or, you know, serious, serious points examining very real issues to find the humor in. But then equally there's, there's one line of guys, you know, who will go out and tell a hundred jokes in 60 minutes or something like that, you know, and uh, they're both equally as valid. Of course they are, you know, as a, a, a source of, entertainment i think what's really really nice though is when for someone like yourself who's clearly so passionate and have invested so much into it just to get that recognition you know i think of those reviews coming through it you know i can only imagine you know when you were struggling over writing this and where's and how am i going to get a joke into here or you know how 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 do i make this bit work of um yeah it must be a, a really good feeling mate it must be a great feeling yeah, it's lovely. It's absolutely lovely, especially when I think, because things move so fast in Edinburgh. Like it feels like it's crazy that it's what are we day nine or something now, something like yeah, that. Yeah, day nine. Yeah. But like ten days ago, I was doing um, 
like a preview in in about 11 days ago i think it was i was doing a preview in uh salford at the greater manchester fringe to one person uh and at that point i wasn't on any of the shows to watch lists so i didn't really feel like i had any hype around me and i was kind of thinking like shit i haven't made a big mistake is this just going to be a horrible fringe where no one pays attention and i lose you know four grand and quick comedy i didn't actually know i was a bit like you know we've no idea how this will go but I've just got to hope it works out. And so far, you know, I've had two really nice reviews. I've had lovely comments from people. I've had, you know, tweets from people like Francesca Martinez, Robin Ince, like really sort of big, exciting comedians who I look up to who've been like, yes, we respect what you're doing. And it's it's really cool to be like, okay, whatever happens, I'm on I'm on new people's radar and people know I'm talking about stuff that is important. And so hopefully it'll just keep growing from there. Fingers crossed. Yeah, well, yeah, and when, obviously, you know, if this was a movie, what would now happen is um, we'd fast forward to 12 months' time into the future. Uh, you'll be rocking up to the, uh, I don't know, whatever the biggest venue is, obviously, in Edinburgh. In, yeah, uh, the place you know, grand, pimped, probably. Pimp, pimped up ride. <laughs> you know, you got you got your hose with you. you you're giving it, you know, you got... <laughs> Is that because I, I missed my girlfriend's phone call earlier? Is that what's happened it's, here? It's that, mate, it's like sliding doors or something. You know, it oh, all right. follows in, doesn't it? You know, it's kind of, you know, if you had answered the phone. <laughs> yeah, it would all be would different. It, yeah, exactly, man. But but no, look, uh, 100% genuinely chuffed for you. And give us those show details again, mate. And obviously within the links and the, the notes, sorry, on here, it would be how to get you tickets and, and where all, they all are as well. But But tell us again, mate, where's your show and when can we see you? The show is that I told Mayhew. It's at the Mash House in the Bottle Room. It's at 7.30pm. It's either £5 in advance or pay what you want. And it's oh, it's up loads of stairs in the Mash House, which is a bit of a pain. I've had a, a couple of um, um, women recently who've come and they've had like sticks to help them walk. And I felt so bad because they've had to walk up the stairs. So, um, yeah, it's not the most accessible, which is a bit of a pain. But it's, yeah, the Mash House, 7.30, it's free, you can pay what you want, and uh, I'd love to see people there, because it's, um, it's yeah, I mean, it's, it's easier to do comedy with people there, who would have thought it? Yeah, I know, it's, it's <laughs> odd, isn't it? It's, it is odd, but yeah, get get some people, la- probably a couple of people laughing, it's quite encouraging, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah makes probably, me, makes, it makes really helps. Keep, yeah, exactly, brilliant, okay, well... Look, yeah, and obviously my final word on it is, you know, just a massive recommendation of your show. It, I was going to do that anyway before I was aware of um, these amazing reviews that you've got, mate. So they're going to speak for themselves. And, yeah, get booking and go and see it. And, uh, no, uh, massive respect to you, mate. And, uh, yeah, stay in touch. Be good to follow your progress on this and uh, see where it ends up, hey. Who knows? Exciting times. Yeah, thank you very much, man. It's been It's been really lovely, so thank you. Awesome. My pleasure, mate. All the best. Um, good luck at you on tonight, obviously. Again. Yeah. Again. It just keeps happening day after day. It's um, never ending. <laughs> exactly, man. Well, look, smash it tonight. Have a great show. And uh, speak to you again soon, I hope. Awesome. Thanks very much, man. Take care. Cheers, Tom. Thanks very much for listening and especially to the free acts there that uh, took some time out of their Edinburgh schedules for us. So we had Jay Bennett. Uh, need to keep saying it, also known as Yasmin Day, an audience with Yasmin Day is the show, uh, check that one out in the show notes or Google it and that will come up, you've then got Susie McCabe with Domestic Disaster um, sounds amazing, the reviews are flooding in and I can tell you this morning of release 
the first five-star review has come through for Susie, so congratulations on that, my friend. Yeah, check out the show notes there as well, obviously. And then finally, but by no means least, we have Tom Mayhew. Again, racking up those amazing reviews, uh, a show that's soon to start selling out, I'm sure. So get booked in for that. Check all the links, search them out on social media, show them some support, even if you can't make it to the festival yourself. And look, finally, from me, if you would be so kind as to search at Pullback Reveal on Facebook or Twitter, uh, you'll find our pages there and give us a like and a follow and share our stuff. Have I ever mentioned sharing is caring? Well, it really is. It means so much to us. And obviously, wherever you listen to your podcast, if you can subscribe and if your player lets you leave a review or rating, uh, a good one, mind, that would be fantastic. So thank you once again to all the acts and we're going to be back in just a couple of days time with an amazing headline kind of legend of the circuit once again uh, for a lovely in-depth chat on pullback reveal thank you very much for your time enjoy your festival if you're there enjoy your comedy wherever you are and i'll speak to you again real soon Bye bye